So we're both married people. Mm -hmm. Do you have a food or a meal or something that you only eat whenever your spouse is out of town? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I have a few. My my spouse is picky. <laughs> What's your single life meal? Single life, uh, wings. Wings. That's a good one. Is one. Yeah. Give me some buffalo wings. Yeah, because you can look really nasty because you don't have to worry about it. You can just be like, yeah, look at me. I'm a monster. Well, I wouldn't care so much, <laughs> but it's just wing places don't have much for her. That's true. That's true. So good. Good call. Um, I have two. Mine is either if I'm cooking, I'm being industrious. It's spaghetti and I just eat mm. spaghetti all weekend. Yeah. And then and that's mostly just because it's like really cheap and easy to eat. And I'm just like whatever i don't care and then yeah um the other one is like a nasty water burger meal i just it's just a sloppy Ooh. sandwich yeah that's a good pair yeah, i guess if i'm cooking then like cooking myself a steak mm, yeah yeah you get a steak it's in some instant mashed potatoes because i'm a loser <laughs> trash uh <laughs> yeah and some asparagus that's what i would do mm, that sounds good okay <laughs> well, I'm probably going to do spaghetti after this, so that's my plan. Nice. All right. Uh, let's get into today's reading. Well, listeners, you don't know this because I edited it out, but I just took a five-minute break to read the reading because your boy forgot to do the reading. <laughs> your boy being mean, not Grady. He was very responsible. Uh, look, guys, I've got a, a pretty big page rate to hit these days, <laughs> so yeah. it just didn't happen. <laughs> things happen and if you are in a similar boat if you need like, to pause oh, yeah, they, yeah you know they told me last week that i should do this reading but life has happened hey do it now it'll take you five minutes really seriously you know like look real i'm looking at a timer from our recording and it took me about maybe less than five <laughs> minutes so it's very short it's on marxists.org um if you want to check it out this is entitled combat liberalism not combat liberalism but <laughs> by Mao so all right let's start from the beginning a reading from the book of Mao <laughs> everyone stand up and hold hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah please stand as you are able don't like do whatever no, you're doing yeah, whatever it's fine so I wanted to ask right up front what would be a definition of liberalism because this gives several definitions but to me they all eat around like the edges like like what's the straight up and down definition so straight up and down in terms of what uh, we're talking about here, what communists mean when we're talking liberalism, we're essentially meaning like capitalism or in this case, capitalist ideology. Like so the concept of self, the concept of one's relation to society, like the value of individualism versus society, those sorts of ideas, I think, is what they're talking about with liberalism. It's the ideology of capitalism. So like. He talks about this later, but basically it's this idea that we talked about on the show before of freedom from responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Like it's all about me. Yeah, freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. Right, yeah. At the expense of other people, mm -hmm. if that happens to be the case. Like it doesn't matter. You're the most important. Okay, cool. Because I think coming from an American or Western perspective, like you hear about liberalism and it's it's painted as that's what the left is which we know that's not true <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a um, i don't know in my mind i'm thinking you know these are your run-of-the-mill democrats your progressives are probably also around this as well depending on how far left they are but this sounds like it would also encompass conservatives too 
Yep. Yes, that's uh, all of them. All of them. They, they're, okay. they're all over there. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you go far enough. And when you get to like monarchists or <laughs> just straight fascists, fascists or yeah. something, they're they're not you know doing liberalism anymore. They, that's like illiberal. Sometimes you'll hear that term, uh, meaning they don't want people to even you know to have those rights to do whatever they want either. Like they want it regimented, but in a shitty way. Okay, so if you're struggling with with squaring that kind of American definition with this, like I don't know, I I thought about it in terms of the right, like. Their freedoms are things like they want the freedom to like carry guns and to like discriminate against other people and they want freedom for other things, right? Yeah, they want, I think what we said of they want to be able to do whatever the fuck they want, mm-hmm. that's their individuality or their definition of freedom, liberty, liberalism, that's what they're talking about. Uh, same thing with markets, the freedom to trade however you want to with no oversight the freedom to rip off your workers to whatever extent you want yeah you know they don't want to pay taxes they want to be free from that so Mm -hmm. okay that that helps to think of it more as as maybe freedom loving america or something or freedom loving people in general yes and i think that mal has an interesting notion of like uh there are characteristics personal characteristics that are tied to seeing the world that way that we can get in basically infected with even as communists and like we can accidentally that can bleed over into the way we see the world and it can mess us up like we can be selfish because we're raised in this capitalist society or whatever and that you know that'll throw off the movement well let's get into it then all right yeah i wanted to start with a little bit of historical context too yeah when did he write this he writes this in 1937 okay in September, uh, and this is during the Yan'an rectification movement. I don't remember what that was. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, this is when uh, the communists in China had just finished the Long March. That was when like the nationalist forces were basically trying to surround them and kill them, and they had to escape and do a big long retreat. Yeah, and most of them died on the way. Uh, those that survived end up in Yan'an, which is like this remote mountainous province. So it's kind of like safer there. And they start building themselves back up again. Uh, they get tons more recruits during this time. Uh, but a lot of these recruits are brand new to this communism thing. And so Mal's trying to shape this whole thing into a cohesive movement. The Yan'an rectification movement uh, actually starts in 1942, and that's when he publishes this. So he actually wrote this a little bit before then, uh, but he kind of he kind of brings this out and says like, "Hey, we need to do this. We need to." Uh, we talked about it during our episode, uh, part one of our Mao episode, uh, but basically, it's kind of a way to get everyone on the same page ideologically, slash to kind of change people's minds. Uh, or get rid of people who weren't going to change their minds <laughs> about things. You see different writings of this. A lot of the sources on like the main Wikipedia page are very like anti-Mao sources. Uh, so I don't want to put too much weight on it. But it doesn't look great. This is where we were talking about like they have struggle sessions and self-criticisms and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of the kind of the, when we're talking about the time period of this, that's what we're saying is uh, is the party is... Mm, trying to get more cohesive at the time. Yeah, trying to see who's with it and who needs to leave. Yeah. 
Okay. So where were they getting these new recruits from? Were they just like turning from the like the national army being like actually no i don't like this or i mean it was coming from all over so i mean you had peasants joining uh you had intellectuals from the city who had been traveling way the hell out there to join them like really it was they were becoming popular and people were seeing them as the next best hope to free china cool so that i think makes sense because he's pretty harsh in this (laughs) (laughs) got a lot of standards yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so we start up top. We stand for active ideological struggle because it is the weapon for ensuring unity within the party and the revolutionary organizations in the interest of our fight. Every communist and revolutionary should take up this weapon. Okay, so right off the bat, this is an ideological conflict. Like, this is, like, we're winning hearts and minds, I guess? Kind of, yeah. It means figuring out what's the correct approach to the revolutionary situation that they're in. Like we have to find that, like, I don't think it means so much uh, stru- ideological struggle, like arguing over ideas, you know, or arguing to be petty or to be vain or whatever. He kind of talks about that later, uh, but it means like, it's important that we figure out what's the right thing to do. We figure out ideologically what we believe and stick to that core. Like we have to be on the same page so that we can destroy our common enemy of capitalism. Okay. Um, All right. Next paragraph, though, he says, but liberalism rejects ideological struggle and stands for unprincipled peace, thus giving rise to a decadent Philistine attitude and bringing about political degeneration in certain units and individuals in the party and the revolutionary organizations. So basically saying like liberalism in this sense of the word is about, I mean, keeping the peace and and saying like, okay, let's let's just work together and it ends up like watering everything down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, excessively accommodating to the point that you're basically letting in like Hillary stands and stuff. You know, like not <laughs> the translation isn't exact, but like you're letting in, he says it. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of like allowing, allowing people who are not really trying to do what you're trying to do, which is, like it's fine to kind of like work with them to some extent, I think, but not like allow them to be party members. Like you yeah, don't they want, can't be the ones calling the shots. Yeah, yeah, you don't want them to be to become in control of your movement because then they're going to derail you into hey, the biggest thing we can ask for is a jobs program or something. You know that makes sense. I mean, it's like if you're like, okay, I want to start a softball team, and you let in anyone who's interested in sports, and then they're like, actually, we're going to do football, and you're like, um, this is not why I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they'll they'll change it again. It's not saying you can't work with people or tactically use them. I mean, Mark says in the manifesto, right? We're going to use our enemies mm-hmm. and then turn them on them. It's fine. Yeah, but you don't want to make them, you know, assistant party chairman or something. <laughs> well, and I think this is. To me, the inherent flaw of of the Democratic Party in general is those bitches love to lose. That's their favorite <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, it's almost like they're just defending capital. I mean, it is like I, I really think even if they got I mean, they have done this when they even when they have all the power, they still manage to lose. Like mm-hmm. they, they make themselves. lose. Yeah, they're, they're they're the what is the team that plays against the Harlem Globetrotters like? <laughs> oh, yeah, there's one. They're like the bad guys. Yeah. I know you're t- it's like the Washington somethings or I don't remember. But yes, that's such a great concept. They're like the heel turn of 
of basketball of show basketball yeah the washington generals there you go i knew it was washington wow that's so funny that's washington too um <laughs> no like it's it it does feel buffoonish in that way too but and and i reference west wing a lot just because it was very formative in my <laughs> previous time as a liberal but they do it all the time like if you've ever watched that show i mean if you have it just like don't you're fine but <laughs> if you're curious as a, as a anthropological study in the 2000 brained liberal mind it's like they are so obsessed with their principles and their principles are all about like decorum and respect and and peace and and all those things that they'll just be like well we'll let them have this one because that means we're the bigger man and you're like but you lost (laughs) yeah and the thing with that is that you can only do that when politics is more or less not going to consequentially affect you it's happening to other people that you don't super care about yeah and also that only works if the other side like recognizes what you're doing that's like just like I don't know, putting up with a really shitty person and being like, well, I'm being the bigger person here by just accepting how shitty they treat me. It's like, they're just going to keep treating you like shit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, true. They're not going to change unless they are also a good person and recognize that. Like, they're not going to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then we get into our taxonomy of liberalism. Yes. Tell me about all the different types. Let me collect them into my Pokédex. All right. Yeah. And I think we can we can tag ourselves as we come up. Because I'm, oh, no. I'm sure listeners and ourselves will end up with some of these qualities to some degree. Yeah, probably. All right. Liberalism manifests itself in various ways. To let things slide for the sake of peace and friendship when a person has clearly gone wrong and refrain from principled argument because he is an old acquaintance, a fellow townsman, a schoolmate, a close friend, a loved one, an old colleague, or old subordinate. Or to touch on the matter lightly instead of going into it thoroughly so as to keep on good terms. The result is that both the organization and the individual are harmed. This is one type of liberalism. I think this is one that you are and I am not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I start shit yeah. with everybody. <laughs> you, yeah, for sure. I am just too accommodation with, yeah, I guess so with people in my life, in my personal mm-hmm. life. That's what I do. And professionally as well. Like if I'm talking about stuff I have to be like, okay, so some people say that whatever, and then mm-hmm. some people say that this, no matter what side it is, you know, that I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's yeah. Kind of, that's kind of weird. I mean, I have to mask at work. Like, I'm obviously not going around <laughs> telling people I'm a communist at work. Yeah, well, if we killed a bourgeoisie. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> In terms, though, of like less of a personal view and more of like a let's pretend we're actually in a communist party. Mm -hmm. This would translate to, again, just trying to, trying to get along with everyone to the point where like, like that's not healthy. Like you should be able to resolve conflict, you know? Right. Yeah. And it is talking about in terms of working in a party, letting things slide off the rails eventually. Right. It's like a little bit of deviation here. You know, let's keep everybody happy. We can't go too crazy because Jim is, you know, still a liberal, still learning, but we don't want to offend him. But, you know, let's and then eventually that that just slides on into uh, we would like, you know, shorter working hours within <laughs> capitalism, which Please. is great. But like that cannot be your only goal as a communist party, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, sometimes I think, though, we're so sometimes I can't tell if we're so broken that we would take anything at this point or if like we're so broken that we will not 
just accept scraps. I don't I don't know where we are yet. Right now, I feel like, you know, like imagine tomorrow they're like, hey, actually, everyone has health care. It's free. There's no loopholes. There's no bullshit. It's just all free and it works and it's good. What do you think would happen? To what? To the American left? Yeah, yeah. I, to people who have been clamoring, f- not just for healthcare, but for everything, you know? Like, yeah. would that be enough of a scrap to keep us happy for a little bit longer? <laughs> it's a good exercise because I think that is uh, where you would see the degrees of liberalism, like, kind of play out. So you would see some leftists saying, great, we need to defend this at all costs and focus on the defensive strategy like that. And you would see the, in my opinion, the better ones who uh, <laughs> say, thanks. Would, that's not enough. Yeah. Who would take the, basically the manifesto stance of saying like, we're going to agitate every step of the way. And as soon as we get it, we're turning around and agitating for more. Yeah. Cause I feel like I'm even seeing this in at least the progressive side of the Democrats, not like party Democrats, but I mean like in terms of people I follow who are like, liberal and progressive or whatever they're now more open about supporting like strikes and things like that like that's getting a little bit more traction so i'm just i'm super curious to see like what what's the tipping point you know yeah (laughs) at what point you're gonna be like no that's enough we've done enough for the workers i think it's different for different people different groups um i'm sure yeah anyone you know the people who benefit more from it who who now see themselves with something to lose will be more defensive i think yeah. That's a good question. Sorry, that was just a fun fun <laughs> hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next up. To indulge in irresponsible criticism in private instead of actively putting forward one's suggestions to the organization. To say nothing to people to their faces, but to <laughs> gossip behind their backs. Or to say nothing at a meeting, but to gossip afterwards. To sh- you know he's like looking at people in the crowd when he's saying <laughs> I'm this. talking to you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> to show no regard at all for the principles of collective life, but to follow one's own inclination. This is a second type. Okay, okay. This one, I, could, I can see this one as well being like tempting to do because you don't want to call people out in front of other people. Like it's very... Mm-hmm. It's very tempting to be like, well, I'll just talk to them afterwards or something. And like, it's it's awkward to disagree with people. I think I think we as a culture don't know how to do it. Like, you remember like after like Trump got elected, there were all these fucking think pieces about like, here's how to talk to your family about politics mm-hmm. or here's how to not talk to your family about politics or yeah. like, and, and I think people tend to just not, you know, like, and, and I get it. It's way easier. I kind of don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're bad at that because I think in our society, in capitalist society, broadly speaking, this liberal ideology is that if you're not right, like there's something wrong with you as a per, like you've believed the wrong thing. And that's like worse than just then getting to learn that you were mistaken and you can fix it. Yeah. No one can admit that they're wrong in our culture. Like it's extremely hard to apologize. It's hard to accept apologies too. That's something I've figured out. Like mm-hmm. we don't have good language for that. Like, like for example, if someone like misgenders me and they like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't say it's okay. Cause it's like, it's not okay. <laughs> so I just have to say thank you, which also sounds really douchey, but it, it's <laughs> yeah. just an example of like how our language is not structured for being like, Hey, I fucked up. I get it. I'm gonna do better. You know, like we just mm-hmm. don't, do that very often yeah yeah i agree i do like the characterization here of individualism at the expense of the masses being liberalism is what we're talking about before right because i don't want to 
cede the ground of individualism to the right, which I think that they kind of have. Like people think it's their domain is there for individual freedom in the communists and, and the socialists or whatever. They want to take that away. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the narrative. The classic axes are like personal freedom, but like economic strictness, that's liberalism. And then like Mm, fewer personal freedoms Mm. and less economic policies, that's like conservative. But it really, it depends on the freedoms. Like we've talked about that too. Like they they don't give a shit about certain freedoms, you know? What good is freedom or liberty? What good are all these things that you can do? If you are hungry out in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not actually freedom guys. I don't know what to tell you. Like if you're held back by monetary means, like that's not freedom. Yeah. And I think that the left, like we do want people to have all the freedom to do whatever they want. I mean, we want the commune at the end, whether you're communist or a revolutionary socialist that sees that as a stage two communism or an anarchist, what what has you? Stage one. <laughs> yeah, you want to get to complete anarchy, complete freedom, and complete freedom for people to live life how they want. The thing is, we think that you have to build a safe enough like society where people are provided for to get to that. Like you have to, you know, people have to be able to easily survive to truly be free in that way, to truly have those individual freedoms. Yeah, and I think. Our society, like, you know, the the old maxim, like I was talking about earlier, like, you know, don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion or sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. We have a very, like, you do you kind of policy when it comes to other people. And to the point where, like, you do you can turn into, like, a, some really bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just are like, well, you know, that's just who they are. Like, there's a yeah. lot of that kind of talk happening. They're just a fascist. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, oh, it's a different time. Oh, it's, you know, they just they just don't know. They just aren't educated and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, they aren't educated. Fucking educate them. Like, you can't just say, like, sorry. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and that kind of goes back to that first form of liberalism is just trying to get along, you know, just trying to, trying to ease, you know. And, and I guess it is different when you're talking about working within a party versus just people in your life. You know, you don't have to change everyone's mind on everything. No, but I I think the left, not, I'm not saying all of the left, and I don't even know what that means anymore. (laughs) But I think there is a tendency to just completely write people off Mm. and say they don't have the right words or language. They are bad about this one issue. So they're fucking out. And instead of doing the work to be like, okay, like, what do they need? That's true. Yeah, that's, that's, um, what is that called? I think that's called tailism, where you just kind of sort of write off portions of the masses and say like they can't get it they're too they're too backward mm-hmm. or whatever and you end up like trailing where the masses could actually be because you don't have you know you don't have enough faith in them yeah you you see this i mean particularly with like the democratic left of just writing off entire sections of the country is like oh they're fucking stupid so yeah. like they're not on board mm-hmm. or like that's a lost cause and you're just like it doesn't have to be <laughs> yeah well that's the way you think when you're a professional loser so it's true it's absolutely true all right next up to let things drift if they do not affect one personally to say as little as possible while knowing perfectly well what is wrong to be worldly wise and play safe and seek only to avoid blame this is a third type yes okay 
I want to talk about this personally one thing because right. that's a thing that really gets stuck in my craw. Okay. Obviously, I make art about like my life and I think it's a very powerful way to reach people. But there is this real sense of gatekeeping when it comes to storytelling about like, well, you're not X, so you can't write about X. And it's like, mm. so what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> no? I've heard of this. Um, I didn't know yeah, if it's, it's correct or not. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you should do your research if you're going to write about a culture or something, some experience you're not familiar with. But like, I just, I think it's unfair to expect that. And I also think it means like, you're going to see less diverse stories. Cause like, guess who has time to make art? Like people who are well off. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, I understand where they're coming from. And I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, do your homework. But I guess what I mean to tie it back to this is I, I think people do through liberalism obsessively view things through their own lens like how many posts are like as a xyz person mm -hmm. i feel you know whatever you know like people start listing off every identity possible so to prove they have credibility mm, and you're saying it should be i don't know more about empathy or like seeing things from different points of views rather than having to be from that group I think so. And I look, I think identity and like community around that identity is very powerful. Like, it's great. I love like having a queer friend group and being able to rely on that. But at the same time, I know that like not everyone in my life is queer. Like I just that's not where I'm at. So I, I think it's limiting to only accept, you know, takes from people who are directly affected. I think absolutely bring those people into the conversation. Mm hmm. But I, I just don't think, I don't think they have a chance like to, to get anywhere. I, I feel like the deck is stacked against them if, if you only that person can advocate for themselves. Like you have to have solidarity is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good, a good way to put there it. Solidarity. Go. I, found, I found a cap. That's the word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's, and that's what he's talking about here in this way is have solidarity with other groups besides just yourself. But then I think he also kind of is targeting folks like me who are quiet types don't want to, <laughs> you know, speak up and everything at the meetings, uh, try to play safe and avoid blame. Okay. You know, I get the, the avoiding blame thing. I think part of it is, is that gatekeeping though, because you're worried you're going to say the wrong thing, mm. you know, and that might be why people like keep quiet and like, I mean that that's a big reason why like I wanted to do this podcast is because like I'm like I don't know all the fucking words I'm supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, and leftists are online leftists Nerds. are kind of bad about calling people out and doing a bunch of bullshit to each other online. I saw this tweet sounding like, "Oh, there's a general strike happening in Seattle. Did you know that? That's crazy. Like, why aren't why isn't the news reporting it?" And like half the comments were like, "This isn't a general strike. It's a construction worker strike. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and it affects different sectors." And I'm like, "All right. The point was, guys, there's a big ass strike happening." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we can be very gatekeepy or uh, pedantic about things, mm -hmm. which I guess is a, is gonna. I think he brings this up as another time of liberalism. So we'll see. Uh, but. I don't know. This one's good advice. I think it's easier said than done. Yeah. Is yeah. to, you know, stick your neck out there or whatever. But it's good advice. It is. All right. Next up. Not to obey orders, but to give pride of place to one's own opinions. To demand special consideration from the organization, but to reject its discipline. This is a fourth type. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I could probably see myself doing this. I am very special. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> what is, if my opinions are just better? This is the all about me sort of perspective you know 
again, I, th- I think that yes, like at the end of the day, it will be all about you once we're to the commune stage and everything. And this is, I guess, our goal. Like it is all about you to liberate you and everyone else. But like capitalism, liberal ideology has you mystified thinking that you're going to bootstrap it all alone, that you're going to be the rags to riches, the great man of history. <laughs> you know, that's where people get this idea of, oh, I'm going to be the brilliant one. I'm going to be mm-hmm. special consideration so that I can free everyone from, you know, even communists would, you know, oh, you know I'll free the masses from. And that's that's like not going to work. <laughs> you have to work together. I mean, you. I know you've said that to me a few times before. Is that like everyone thinks they're the main character in their mm-hmm. own story? And I, I mean, we've got a few movie suggestions now from listeners about like more communal storytelling of like where mm. it, there's not just a one main guy. Yeah. One was Battleship Potemkin, which I think was already on our list. Mm-hmm. Western storytelling has a real main character syndrome issue. Yeah. <laughs> we all are the special anime person getting our magic powers <laughs> when we turn 13. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, you're right. I think we're very bad at admitting when we need help. I think we're bad at admitting that our experience isn't the only experience. Like, I, I think just it's a basic empathy problem. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. To indulge in personal attacks, pick quarrels, vent personal spite, or seek revenge instead of entering into an argument and struggling against incorrect views for the sake of unity or progress, or getting the work done properly. This is a fifth type. So like people being catty bitches. Yep. Don't (laughs) be petty. if I know anything from this podcast is that everyone is super petty. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we love pettiness. Yeah, and I'm sure Mal probably indulged in his own pettiness sure. at times. So he's just saying don't do that. I mean, everybody messes up and does it, but it's not something you want to do. I'll fall short, but don't try to fall short. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's hard when you're talking about such big and personal things. Like when someone is wrong, you feel like that person is like bad or stupid or just like like, why don't they get it? You know, like, and so it can be easy to then characterize them as like a bad, like just fucking cancel them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're trying to do within our party. We're trying to like get people on the right page, you know, within the left. Cause I mean, we've got to say within the left, cause we don't really have super strong. Um, <laughs> we don't really have a party. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, there are parties out there or mm-hmm. movements out there. It's just not super strong on in America anyway yeah so yeah that's what i wanted to ask how do we translate this from party advice because he is in a, a place where he's writing about his own group of like man this is what i need to do to get my people together how do we translate some of this in into the current left which is just i guess twitter <laughs> twitter and dsa and a smattering of other groups well one is to join a party doing mm, real work yeah, we should and... probably do that yeah, join a party and show up to meetings and run them and give them direction and try to do like socialism and communism, you know, try to bring that about actively. If there aren't adequate parties doing it, form them and take it on that way. That's one way. Let's give an example. So like, let's say I'm like, all right, I want to get involved. I'm going to go out and do some mutual aid. I'm going to look up, find an organization in my area that's like giving out free food. Let's say I encounter someone there who's like an asshole or something. Um, You can take your pick. Maybe they are, um, they're more of an anarchist and you're more of a Marxist Leninist, or 
how how do you handle i guess conflict in that situation uh it seems as though when we go through this you handle it openly frankly and try to keep it on the basis of i'm not disagreeing with you as a person i have nothing against you i'm trying and i'm not trying to cut you down or make you look dumb or anything like that i'm having this discussion with you because i want to improve what we're both working toward i want to improve our chances of getting there and i don't think the way you're looking at it i don't think is gonna help us best get there and here's why keep it very much not like me versus you keep it as as we're both on the same team here you know we're both showing up to this same mutual aid organization at the end of the day we're both going to hand out you know xyz many things of food and water uh, but hey, I think like maybe lay off the the weird talk about whatever it is you're doing or like maybe that's not the best way to convince people that we're cool or something like that. Yeah. And talk with them about it. And because the, the shoe could be on the other foot. Yeah, you could you totally could, fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You could start out this thing thinking one way and talk to them openly and honestly about it and come to th- come to find out. Oh, actually, you know, I, I had the wrong understanding of it. That can happen, too. Like that's the big one of the big messages here, I think, is kind of like subsuming one's ego to the overall mission. Right? Like it's not about do you get to feel good? Who cares, honestly? Like Yeah, whatever, man. Yeah. We the ultimate goal is so that you feel good, but on the way we're gonna have to do some work and maybe you're wrong sometimes. Maybe you're on the receiving end of this and you have to fix it. Yeah, and we, we've talked about this before, too. So, sorry, listeners, I'm repeating my best marriage advice, which is... <laughs> well, maybe they didn't hear it last time. <laughs> maybe you're new. Hello. Uh, I read a lot of advice columns. Uh, but, no, this is my own idea, actually. I, Dear Prudence does not get credit for this. Sorry. Christine Original. Christine Original Advice Column Advice, which is, remember you're on the same team and, like, have kind of, like, good faith in terms of, like, intent. Uh, assume good intent, I guess, is the shorter way to say that. There you go. Yeah. Assume we're all on the left here. We're all trying to free everyone from the death march to extinction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Next up. Who's that Pokemon? To hear incorrect views without rebutting them and even to hear counter-revolutionary remarks without reporting them, but instead to take them calmly as if nothing had happened. This is a sixth type. Someone out there being like, well, maybe capitalism's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is just mm, right out. You I know. have a small business and uh, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, this is interesting though because this is sort of, it's telling you to be that guy, right? Kind of, it's like, don't, it's like opposite, anti of pick your battles. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, this is like empathy, but to a limit, I feel like, is, is this whole reading it's like put down your ego but also like don't be afraid to tell people if they're like wrong (laughs) so i don't know which one to do but that's kind of good like i think mm. i mean the answer is (laughs) both right yeah because like you are putting aside your feelings of oh am i gonna be awkward about this is this gonna you know is this going to hurt our relationship in any way am i you know am i gonna look like an asshole or are they gonna like leave because of you and people are mad about that like oh we don't have enough people and you made jim leave and it's like well Mm -hmm. jim sucked (laughs) yeah like you have to put aside those concerns and say okay i am doing this so that we can better carry out the struggle Mm -hmm. so i have to bring this up i have to say hey 
uh, landlords are bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that one. Yeah, like, the best case you can do there is to, like, be the least of an asshole of a landlord. But even then you're a landlord, you know? Like, there's there's limits, uh, and, and you have to combat that. I think it's certainly within the party. Like, I don't think he's saying, like, you have to go and be this annoying to people <laughs> yeah, out in your in the everyday world. life. Yeah, because, like, you get exhausted doing that. But it's very important within the party. Again, this whole idea is, like, we don't want to end up, you know, the slightly bluer Democratic Party. I think, yeah, I think that's the key here. Like, we're talking, like, when we say we're on the same team, I think that's why it's really important to define what the team is. You have to be like, look, guys, can we just all agree? I know we're going to disagree on some other things, but can we all just agree that we're anti-capitalist? All right, great. Moving on. Like, you just have to be able to get a baseline of, like, we know we are against this thing and for a different thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That way you won't end up accidentally letting, like, landlords in. (laughs) Right. Reformers or people who just want, like, you know, everyone to have a job to get exploited at. (laughs) Woo. Love it. (laughs) All right. Next up. To be among the masses and fail to conduct propaganda and agitation, or speak at meetings, or conduct investigations and inquiries among them, and instead to be indifferent to them, and show no concern for their well-being, forgetting that one is a communist and behaving as if one were an ordinary non-communist. <laughs> this is the seventh type. I'm only going to call people communist and non-communist from now on. <laughs> <laughs> there are two types of people. I like this one. I, I like it. He's he's all about being swimming in the masses, and he's he's taking a dip right here. Yeah, I think he means to go all out, basically to always be thinking about the party. Yeah, I think like kind of some proselytizing here. Yeah, like in whatever way makes sense where you are, like always be, you know, he says doing research among the people, like firsthand talking to them, like you said, swimming among the masses. But okay, <laughs> I think. Myself included and a lot of our <laughs> listeners don't fancy ourselves like the next Lenin. So maybe what could we do in our context that fits this? Okay. I think I have some ideas. Okay. One is a less confrontational one. And people will probably like you if you do this one, which is to just listen and ask what their problems are. Yes. And you in your little commie brain can translate it to be like, okay, they're upset because their job sucks. Um, They think it's because, you know, immigrants are coming or something. But like the real reason is probably this, you know, like you can, you can just start asking more questions. Like people love to talk about themselves, like let them talk. You can then take that and be like, and then go back to your party and be like, look, people are really worried about this. And, you know, we, if we fix the root cause then maybe they'll stop being like anti-immigrant or something. You know what I mean? And maybe they'll support us because exactly. we're the guy, people coming out here saying, let's do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So just like listening and like trying to be empathetic, I think is good. If you want to be, if you feel more comfortable with this person, you want to push back a little, you can like ask leading questions. <laughs> You know, you can be like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, you got to work less and, you know, like kind of sneak them in a little. What do you think? Well, I think you're talking about the mass line. Yeah. <laughs> Getting from the masses what they want, translating it into Marxism and presenting it back and saying, what about this? Do you support this? Like, cool, let's do that, you know, and then 
getting support that way because you're doing shit that people like, you know? I think that's something that is hilariously so completely lost in the American political system. Like, you will see polls all the time, be like, yeah, everyone wants healthcare. It's like, we're not going to fucking do it. (laughs) We'll do anything else. No way. Well, yeah, I think another part of this is that you don't have to be on every second of every day. You know, I mean, like, we're all human, but the exhortation for most regular people here is just try to remind yourself more often. Try to build a perspective that's like you said, kind of tying back conversations you have with people to the mass struggle, but like, don't forget who you are. Don't forget what side you're on. You know, you want as much as you can. And it's kind of an exercise. It's kind of practice to keep the revolution and and, and your ideals, what you're aiming for. Like, remember that, keep that centered and then try to also like live your life. Like that's the case. Because he talks about, like, don't behave like an ordinary non-communist. You know, like, if they can't tell you're a communist based on how you're acting, are you really one? You know, Mm. the the Christian concept of this is faith without works is dead. Like, if you're not actually acting out your faith, then, like, do you really have it? You know, and I think for communists could do well, I could do well. To, like, try to live this more in my life is is actually doing fucking praxis. Like, (laughs) theory without praxis is dead. Yeah, yeah, I I can too, definitely. Like, I just yap about it for a couple hours a week and call it a day. (laughs) Which, yeah, as we said, is something, but could we do more, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we've gotten very sweet emails that are like, no, you're doing something. It's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shout out to Maggie. I think she sent us an email this week. Um, She was very nice. Thanks. I guess, yeah, I, I think you're right that it's important to, like, know when to use your, like, communist energy <laughs> and when to save it yeah you know like you don't have to go up to your mail person and be like hey have you heard about communism like that would be insane <laughs> they'd be like yeah. i'm never delivering your mail again <laughs> and you also you have to keep yourself safe too like you can't yeah. you know do what you need to do is what i'm saying um That's look true. for opportunities though and if anything like i find just like asking questions help just like poke at it a little you don't have to totally convert them but just getting them thinking like oh maybe this isn't like terrible <laughs> Yeah, get them questioning, honestly. The mm-hmm. strongest way that you can con- convert or convince someone of something is if they get there themselves. Yes, and like finding, and this sounds like manipulative. I'm not, I don't mean it in like it a is. word it's... ninja way, but like getting them to, like you do this a lot, is when you're like, oh, like you said, blah, blah, blah. Like you mm-hmm. use their words to like find a solution to their own problem. And they'll be like, hey, yeah, I was right. I was super smart. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's manipulative. I mean, but it's also constructive. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's, you're trying to help them get to where they need to be. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Next, to see someone harming the interests of the masses and yet not feel indignant or dissuade or stop him or reason with him, but to allow him to continue. This is an eighth type. So this is like you let a landlord in the meeting and they're like, yeah, I'm going to kick out my tenants. (laughs) Don't do that. Like, or, or, you know, someone is supporting that something that is clearly awful. Like someone's pro fracking in there or someone is, I don't know, anti labor in some way. Like, yeah, that's not cool. Exactly. Yeah. And you got to correct them. And again, remember, don't be petty, right? We already covered that. Like you are, when you're setting people on the right course and 
that's not dictatorial either. You're like talking to them and saying, Hey, I think this is the case. What, you know, like let's, let's both get there. Cause it's not always obvious and you're not always right. Like you can try and then it turns out, well, they were right. But I mean, again, remember, like you said, you're on the same side. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Try to get to, try to get on the right page. And I think it's to a spectrum. Like we talk a lot about like, yeah, you know, a lot of us have jobs that are like ethically bad <laughs> because we're in <laughs> capitalism. Mm-hmm. So you have to determine, like you kind of have to meet people where they're at to some extent. I think like landlord is a pretty safe cutoff of like, yeah, don't do that. Maybe if yeah. you, if you can't you go find something else to do. Yeah. yeah that's not a job. <laughs> that's just property holding. Yeah. I think, I think there's a spectrum of it. You know, like if someone's like, yeah, I work in marketing and like some of my clients are shitty. It's like, I mean, you didn't pick the fucking clients, man. You're just trying to live. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is like, don't completely condemn people for things that they, you have to look at what people can control realistically, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a good point. You know, everyone, most jobs do some evil, uh, or at least the people you're working for that pay you and allow you to eke out survival. Like they do some <laughs> evil, they do some evil by employing you because they didn't pay you enough, you know, for one. Yeah. Right. You're always going to be in some sort of a compromise with capitalism till we destroy it. So don't beat yourself up about that. I don't think. Yeah, or beat other people up and be like, you didn't buy that ethically. It's like, all right, man. Yeah, yeah, Chill for your sure. grill. I do think we won't have a problem with the set, with the part of this that said uh, to see someone harming the interests of the masses and not feeling dignant. I I'll think we're pretty good about, about it. Yeah, we're pretty good about staying angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like angry 90% of the time. <laughs> the other 10% I'm playing Pokemon. Okay. All right, next up. To work half-heartedly without a definite plan or direction to work perfunctorily and muddle along. So long as one remains a monk, one goes on tolling the bell. This is a ninth type. All right. To me, this is like peak liberalism of just like, that's just politics, man. You just, you lose the election, then you get out there and you try again. And you're like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because you are just like checking a box. Right. Yeah. Just doing things the way you've always done it. That's not good for an organization. I mean, it's, it's, there, it's a good lesson in focus, I guess. Like, I don't know, in my job or life even, a lot of times I'm kind of what he says, muddle through here, you know, and just you weeks just kind of happen. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's an like easy way to same. end up adrift, you know, like you waste time as a movement, not on a personal level, but as a movement, you'll waste time not doing anything because you're just like posting from day to day. You know? Yeah, or you're just hung up on like procedures and like, oh, who's taking the minutes and stuff like that. Like some procedure and structure is useful. We've talked a lot about how like it's important to have a party structure that is like, I think it's good to have a structure, but make it flexible. You know what I mean? Like, all right, fuck. Like we don't have a vice president. Like what? moving on, we've got other things to do. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I think one thing that this reminds me of is how we were saying earlier that the American left situation is pretty scattered and has not been very effective. I think that we've done a lot of this sort of ninth type of liberalism, not really having a definite plan or direction or purpose Yeah, for a long time. And look where we're at. Okay. So like in just the past 20 years, we've had a generationally catastrophic economic meltdown. We found out the government was spying on us always. We lost two foreign wars of occupation. 
We callously let nearly a million Americans die in our atrocious response to a global pandemic. These are revolutionary conditions, and what do we have to show for it? We got Bernie and the squad. I mean, that's what working without a definite direction will get you. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's true. Like, we have no... We have no buying power in this in this system anymore. Like we used to be able to scare them into at least giving us fucking social security, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we can't scare them to do shit now. They're not fucking scared. There are people out in the streets in 2020, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not. We're gonna ignore you." <laughs> yeah, they, and they they feel like they can do that with impunity because what are we gonna do? You know, sounds like nothing so far. <laughs> now I will say I don't think the left has been the real. Like our allies on mm-hmm. the left have been half-hearted about what they're doing. I don't think that. I just think it has not had the sort of direction, had the sort of movement. And I've been a part of that because I haven't done the work to, do, you know, to do my part either. So yeah. I mean, part of the blame's on me for that. It's just such a disparate movement, and I, I think again, it goes back to that individualism of everyone's like, well, I'm gonna. <laughs> start my podcast and say what I think and mm-hmm. I'm going to tweet fire tweets from my account and I'm going to get really popular like it, it's turned into a very individualist movement it's turned into a, almost like a celebrity culture movement like it's very it's very disparate and it's very gatekeepy and it's not it, it's not a mass movement yet it doesn't have the solidarity at its core because people too many people have bought into that liberal capitalist ideology of like you were saying i'll do it on my own you know like i'll be the great person um and it's not consciously thinking that but it's absorbing this cultural uh the dominant culture like the the dominant way we see things is through the individual moving things versus mass movements yeah next to regard oneself as having rendered great service to the revolution, to pride oneself on being a veteran, to disdain minor assignments while being quite unequal to major tasks, to be slipshod in work and slack in study. This is a 10th type. All right, yeah, I think this is totally like the gatekeeper type of just like, you don't even fucking know. Like, I've been here since, you know, 2001. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And like... Yeah, and I catch myself like making excuses for myself. I'm like, oh, you know, I was still lib then and blah, blah, blah. It's like, fucking who cares? Move on. Like, you're here now. (laughs) (laughs) You got on board. I don't care how long it took you. I don't care if you don't know the definitions of everything or the acronyms or whatever the fuck. Like, you're here. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, you don't have to be elitist about it. You shouldn't see yourself as like the key figure or, you know, the old guard or whatever. Like, we're all here to do the work, provided we actually show up. I mean, that's one thing, but... (laughs) Theoretically, we're here. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not 10th type because I don't have that sort of confidence. (laughs) Um, I spend half the time being like, man, I don't do enough, you know? No, yeah, I don't either. Education is important and stuff, but like last episode, it's like, why am I not health minister, you know? Like, I haven't already done that. Come on, get it together. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's... Basically, avoid pride, avoid slipshod work, you know, being lazy, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's important. Okay, next. To be aware of one's own mistakes and yet make no attempt to correct them, taking a liberal attitude toward oneself. This is an 11th type. I guess this is like saying, well, like, I, it's okay if I think this because it just is like you're just being easy on yourself. 
Uh, I don't know if it's so much easy on yourself. I think here he's kind of saying, okay, right. You probably had some elements of one of the liberalisms. He's done the call out, but now this is kind of the call in. (laughs) It's not good to like know those things are bad about yourself and then continue doing them. Yeah, that's true. You know, like that, who would do that? You know, (laughs) who would continue to do stuff they know, you know, and that's what he's saying here basically is like, hey, that all this, all this stuff, like you make mistakes, but the worst mistake would be to know and you know it now and then to keep doing it. Yeah. God, how the fuck do we get like a mass left in this country? I don't even know at this point. I just don't. It's, um... (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of work that it is. we seriously need to do more to to advance. Not just us. I mean, us doing it won't change things on a large scale on its own. But I think, you know, all our listeners and far beyond that, we need to get more involved in organized revolutionary movements. And, it's, and that's not to say that it's not difficult because i mean i think capitalism and liberalism has done an extraordinary job of distracting us with either pure suffering (laughs) Mm -hmm. and also like material distractions and entertainment and culture and like all these things that you could instead be doing again the the frame of individualism sets you up as oh, your problems are unique to you. Everyone has their own story. And so you don't realize like, no, everyone is struggling with the same thing. Like we we all know who the bad guy is. <laughs> yeah, you feel atomized that it's mm-hmm. just, yeah, yeah. And, and you need to instead, I think that's one way you can go from that view of despair to one that is more hopeful is if you're working with people in mass organizations like that, you get, you convert that, animization to solidarity you know when you start seeing hey there are other people like me and collectively we can do a lot more than we can individually posting on twitter yeah yeah i'll give like kind of a personal example of like i mentioned earlier like i make art about my own life and you know i'm making like a book about it and like all that shit and i could very much take that experience and be like the liberal interpretation of that is like, my story is unique and I am telling it because it has to be told and blah, blah, blah. But like what I have tried to do with it instead is like, because I'm friends with lots of other cartoonists who do similar work, I'm like reading their stories and understanding like, no, there's connections here. And like, I get emails from people being like, oh, you know, I'm not half Mexican like you're writing about, but I'm half, you know, Jamaican and this is my experience. And instead using a unique experience to relate to other people's unique experiences. Yeah. Tying it together instead of setting it apart. That's the goal. We need more of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he says, you know, there's probably more ties, but these are the main ones. And then he says, liberalism is extremely harmful in a revolutionary collective. It is corrosive, which eats away unity, undermines cohesion, causes apathy and creates dissension. It robs the revolutionary ranks of compact organization and strict discipline, prevents policies from being carried through, and alienates the party organizations from the masses, which the party leads. It is an extremely bad tendency. (laughs) Kind of puts it mildly there at the end. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. In case you're wondering, those are bad. We don't want those. (laughs) I wrote here that he could have done this up top, given a definition, (laughs) but we did so, so it's fine. (laughs) He got there eventually. His thesis is a little scattered. It's fine. (laughs) I'll give him a B. 
But yeah, it's good to explain, I guess, still uh, why it's so important for communist parties, for revolutionary movements to focus on liberalism as this tendency that, like he says, can be divisive, can can te- can really fuck up the movement from within. Because again, if you're if you're going along to get along, you're being overly nice to jerks, and you're letting whoever the fuck in, even if they don't agree with your like base level policy. If you're just bending over backwards and not causing conflict to the point of like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like that's bad. <laughs> if you're not causing conflict, everyone's happy with what you're doing. Are you doing anything? You know? Not to be a total lib, but there is actually a good Hamilton quote for this. <laughs> Ooh, bring it. Bring us the wisdom of the of the liberals. Yeah, right. This is the most liberal play ever, but there's the good line is Hamilton says to Burr, if you stand for nothing, what will you fall for? Mm, yeah. Mm. I used to be all about Hamilton, man. Me I was too. a liberal too. <laughs> I saw it and it was really good. It's okay. <laughs> we, we've all been there. I'm more of a cat. Some of now. us haven't. We're just making excuses for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <Okay>. Next. <clears throat> Liberalism stems from petty bourgeois selfishness. It places personal interests first and the interests of the revolution second. And this gives rise to ideological, political, and organizational liberalism. That's what we said earlier. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think that makes sense. People who are liberals look upon the principles of Marxism as abstract dogma. They approve of Marxism, but are not prepared to practice it or to practice it in full. They are not prepared to replace their liberalism by Marxism. These people have their Marxism, but they have their liberalism as well. They talk Marxism, but practice liberalism. They apply Marxism to others, but liberalism to themselves. They keep both kinds of goods in stock and find a use for each. This is how the minds of certain people work. That's interesting. I mean, I think, again, this is where you have to remember the context of of what his definition of liberalism is because like we have a lot of people who are not into marxism at all Mm -hmm. so in in this situation you're talking about someone who is on the left but like is kind of shitty at it yeah someone who is you know maybe in a movement right in a party someone who like he says calls themselves a marxist and tries to do that but is bad at it or what he says is, like, at their core or in their mind, they do have still an attachment to, basically, a holdover from their capitalist days. They have this liberalism. Yeah, they've, they've been raised in this culture that is very individualistic, and they still have these notions of themselves that come from that capitalist culture, and they hold the two in balance. And they say, well, I want to do what I want to do for the movement, you know, and everything, and I want to I help, and I want to liberate people and all that but I want to make sure that we have a focus on, you know, human rights or individual freedoms, or they have these sorts of hangups that they allow to kind of derail themselves. Not to say those things aren't important. Yeah, I was going to say, I like um, those things. <laughs> <laughs> but they allow it to be like the main thing. Mm, okay. So I think this is where um, having a larger party is very helpful or at least enough of a place where you can kind of have like a subcommittee situation. Mm, okay. Or or maybe like a representative sort of council. I don't know, we got an email a while back that I like think about a lot from um, a trans listener who was like, man, I'm, I, I like what y'all are talking about, but I really worry about like my safety if I'm in a commune that happens to be anti-trans or, you know, if I'm in an area or a party or whatever it is, 
you know, democracy is good, but sometimes not good, <laughs> which we, we will do an episode about democracy in the future. But how do you do that in this context? Like, I can't go to a meeting and then like someone says something shitty about like trans people. And then to me, that's like, well, I need to speak up. Yeah. I mean, I think that that would be that would be an example of hearing something counter-revolutionary and not reporting it, right? You'd have to yeah, yeah. like, we're, we're actually, and I guess human rights is a stupid way to look at it. Um, <laughs> like that's, that's something we want. I just mean that it's used as like a Western sort of thing of like, oh, let's go after our geopolitical enemies or distract or whatever. And using use that. that as a cover. But we as communists do want it. I mean, we want human, you know, that's part of it is we want people to be free from oppression. So yeah. not a good term to use my bad there but that's okay we can cut if we want well we can leave it to acknowledge your mistakes and not to fix them that's a (laughs) form of liberalism that's true we're calling you in no okay (laughs) what about what about an example of like you have someone at your meeting or whatever and it's like well you need to support my small business because i'm like a woman who owns a small business like i don't know they want you to to somehow promote their business or they want you to somehow give them a pass for being a business owner or like they're, they bring up their concerns as a small business owner all the time. Like, let's say you're like, well, we need to demand health care for all. And they're like, well, I can't afford that or something. Right. Yeah. What? Why don't we think of the poor small business owners who whatever? And this is, I think, a good example of someone who is holding their liberalism and their Marxism together. And they're like, I am I want Marxism for people, but I want liberalism for myself. Right. Like I, I want to still be able to uh, to exploit people as you know, <laughs> their, their labor and everything. But I want to be nice about it. So I want to be a Marxist. I don't know. Like that's, that would be a very strange person. That would be a weirdo. But I guess. I think they exist. They do. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. I I think, I think maybe a good way to differentiate, again, these kinds of freedoms and these kinds of things. Like, I know a common complaint about the left is that we are too focused on economics and we therefore Mm. are bad at catering to um, for lack of a better term, we'll call it identity politics, even though I have an issue with that label. I don't think it's very helpful. One way to put it maybe is we end up exclusionary. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because we're like, oh, well, we don't worry about race. We're all about material needs or whatever. Yeah. Class reductionism is another term you'll hear used. So maybe it is helpful then just to, because I mean, this text doesn't really get into any of that. So I guess I just want to put as a reminder, like, to me, I think material needs are a good like goalpost or like or uh, almost like a wayfinding device of like, all right, if you are into something that is economically oppressing someone, that's bad. We can all agree that's bad. And I think most social issues you can tie back to economics pretty easily. So you can also be like, okay, that one's bad too. <laughs> yeah. So like, let's say someone is like. For some, like, this is a weird example. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think of like an example, but let's say someone's like, well, I can't afford to, um, you know, give people enough like maternity leave or something like that. And it's like, well, you could, instead of saying like, well, you're anti-feminist because of this, you can be like, well, you're like materially hurting people <laughs> like this, like finding a way to tie identity into economics and not to reduce people to dollar signs, but to understand like these things are connected. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. I think another way to do that, or an, in addition to that, is if we're talking to fellow party members here, fellow people on the left, and we've said this before, 
in the episode on queer theory uh, was that when you're fighting for the rights of oppressed groups, they're oppressed by the same guy that's oppressing cis white people too. And that's capitalism. So if you, you know, it's, it's your common enemy, even if for some reason you don't, you don't specifically care about the rights of these groups because you just haven't figured that out yet for whatever reason. I mean, figure it out, but like you should be an ally with those groups in their struggles. You should be in solidarity with them and fight against their oppressor because you're fighting against the same guy, right? You're fighting against capitalism. Um, if you're a person who doesn't understand why we're always talking about identity or something within the left, if you improve conditions for those people, like all conditions will be improved. Like things like, let's say someone is upset about insurance and, you know, you're just trying to get, you know, we can just say healthcare for all, but like maybe there's someone who's like, I want a specific policy that uh, protects gay couples or non-monogamous couples or whatever it is. That could also be really good for a straight person. Cause what if you like don't have a spouse? <laughs> And like you want someone as a beneficiary or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of these policies end up benefiting other groups and the people they were specifically designed for. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a broader coalition. Yeah. And also it's just like the right thing to do, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's the moral (laughs) argument of it is. Don't be a dick. (laughs) All right. Next up. Liberalism is a manifestation of opportunism and conflicts fundamentally with Marxism. It is negative and objectively has the effect of helping the enemy. That is why the enemy welcomes its preservation in our midst. Such being its nature, there should be no place for it in the ranks of the revolution. Mm, Okay, talk about the enemy being into this. I like that. Uh, Yeah, well, it's the dominant ideology of capitalism, right? The capitalists Mm -hmm. have this liberal idea of things. Again, we're not meaning the American left. They're not (laughs) hyper-woke. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like individualism at the expense of people. The fundamental thing of capitalism, right, is that you can exploit people for your gain and that's good. Greed is good. What he's saying here is that we cannot, you know, we can't allow, we have to focus on making sure that we're not allowing, that we're not giving into or we're not like starting to slip into the easy thing, which is to see the world the way the dominant thing in society sees it, you know, and just to be like everyone else, to be like a regular non-communist, as he says, you know, we have to fight that quite natural urge and instead be dedicated to at our core, the communist movement. And we have to root that out. We have to, you know, the, the enemy capitalism wants to see us just kind of slip off to the side and end up, you know, begging for scraps. That's what they want. You know, we have to fight against that. Yeah, and it's very tempting to. I mean, that is the culture we were raised in. Um, it is what is expected. Like, you know, think about when you try to talk to people about these things. A lot of people be like, oh, that's fucking science fiction. You know, like they, it is <laughs> this outlandish idea. Yeah. <laughs> we must use Marxism, which is positive in spirit, to overcome liberalism, which is negative. A communist should have largeness of mind, big brain. <laughs> And he should be staunch and active, looking upon the interests of the revolution as his very life and subordinating his personal interests to those of the revolution. Always and everywhere, he should adhere to principle and wage a tireless struggle against all incorrect ideas and actions so as to consolidate the collective life of the party and strengthen the ties between the party and the masses. 
He should be more concerned about the party and the masses than about any private person, and more concerned about others than, than about himself. Only thus can he be considered a communist. Really good summary there, I think. Yeah. I do think he's focusing on, the, these are like true 100% party members mm-hmm. who have to do this, right? Yes, like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's not just everybody. Right, yeah, because you can, not obviously not everyone who is going to like kind of help the movement when the time comes is going to be like a dedicated party Tireless. cadre person. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. but the real vanguard guys, like they have to be on board in their hearts and in the world, right? In they have actions. to really be doing things. Yeah, I think that's, he's kind of summing up those earlier ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last line here. <clears throat> All loyal, honest, active, and upright communists must unite to oppose the liberal tendency shown by certain people among us and set them on the right path. This is one of the tasks of our ideological front. I like that he ends with, with again, setting them on the right path and not just, like, necessarily kicking them out. I think communism has a reputation for some purges, and, you know, <laughs> it definitely has happened. <laughs> Mao did him. <laughs> Mao did him. He did a lot of those. He said, no, 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 get out of here. I think maybe he should have reread this text first. Be like, maybe I can have a conversation and put my ego aside. <laughs> Am I being petty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But maybe those guys were like, no, I, I want to be a landlord and a small business owner. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, I have to kill you. Overall, I'm into this. I, I, I don't know. This just makes me wish we had a larger left so we could like do these things. <laughs> I'd love to argue with someone over the finer points of leftism. Why can't we do that? Well, we can join existing organizations and make mm-hmm. them larger. That's we true. We could start our own organizations and build those. There are many ways. We know of there being many ways. Now, not to do that would be oh, no. the 11th form of liberalism. This is like that trap in Christianity where they're like, well, as soon as you hear about Jesus, you have to believe or you're going to hell. <laughs> Fuck, you guys have all been infected. Here we go. Going yeah. to communist hell if you don't do anything. <laughs> This isn't as condemning either, but it's just saying, <laughs> You're going to hell. yeah, it's just saying, come on, what, you know, what even are you doing if you realize these mistakes that you're making and then don't try to do something about that? I think that's a big part too. Cause like it does, I think we should have an acknowledgement that not everyone's going to be a perfect communist all the time. Like we yeah. just spend a lot of time talking about how we're not. <laughs> we're shit. <laughs> and that's fine. Like it's, it's fine that that is the case. It's not fine to not try to do something about it, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because then are you really a communist, you know? Yeah, and then you're just you're just a kind of a historian at that point in our case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is good, but All right. Uh you want to do a star rating of this? Mm, okay. Hmm. Oh yeah, I'm going to go first because I don't want to copy oh. you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't you go first? I don't think that I'm going to copy you, though, because I'm going to give it a five out of five stars. Oh, okay. I like it. I think about this text a lot. Really? I've been trying to kind of work it into my life of like, am I on the right path of living as a communist or am I muddling along as an ordinary non-communist, you know? Wow, that's so interesting. I don't know. It's not the best for like if you're trying to feel good about yourself. Maybe. No, I'm worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> you got communist imposter syndrome. <laughs> but it, I think hopefully it will help me not feel that much in in the future if I start doing stuff to to change that. 
you know? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good point because I I'm hard in the other way where I'm like overly comforting to myself to the point where I'm like it's fine if you don't do anything today. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes I need a little discipline. Yeah, I I'm gonna give this a four out of five, and it's mostly because I think if you read this without context and without you know the the historical definition of what he means by liberalism, I think if you read this without reading it from like, okay, this is if you're in a party and not like right now, like we had to do a bit of translating, you know, and, and oh, to, yeah. to make this make sense for today's movement, which is very different, which is fine. And I, I think this is something I would defo like bookmark for that future where we do have a larger party or like it, the future where I am more involved in a party. And I'm like, okay, cool. I disagree with somebody today. What do I do about it? Let me see what Mao has to say. So I think it's good for resolving conflict in that way. Yeah, I think you're right that it's also not a good intro text to definitely you know, not. <laughs> probably don't lead with this if you're trying oh, to. Oh no! What if this was your first episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to put something up top. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go back. Go listen to a few first. This is a, this is a two hundred one three hundred one course. It's not. <laughs> it's an AP course. Yeah, <laughs> I have your prerequisites. Uh, but you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's the, my my main problem with it. Like, I I like how short it is, and it was you know pretty easy to understand. There weren't any like crazy. I mean, besides like the whole historical context, there weren't any crazy like definitions. References. I felt like were yeah, yeah references or or weird words or something. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, like Lennon's always talking about talking shit about a fellow <laughs> you know leftist writer it's or something. True, <laughs> he's always got a name drop. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the big purposes of this is to preach to the choir but mm-hmm. in a good way you know in in sort of like hey i know that we're all communists here but like let's make sure that we're like on the right track still you know yeah yeah making sure you're on the same page with people making sure you're listening to, to listening to everyone in the group without necessarily like catering to every single thing they want and and with the with the masses as well making sure you're listening to them like it's it's good in a way like if you you could if you want to twist this to be a little bit individualistic in that it's important like when you're talking to someone or you're in a relationship with someone or whatever it is like you want to have empathy with that person and and work things through but you also need to know when to walk away and i feel like this kind of applies to this text too it's like yeah you want to you ideally you you both come to an agreement, whether you change their mind, they change your mind, whatever, and they stay in the party and you keep you keep on going. But like there could be a situation where they're just like they're jerks and they need yeah. to go. They're liberals. See, it. you know, there's the door. <laughs> yeah, bye. Don't come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the other side of that is like if you're too accommodating in, in this terminology, if you're too liberal and just say, well, you know, let's listen to them. Let's give them a seat at the table. Like then you could end up working for a liberal party. Oops. All Democrats. You messed yeah. up. You end up as a as a nonprofit oh, no. NGO. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! You just elected a do nothing senator. Oh, <laughs> bummer! All senators are do nothing senators. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Bernie, I like him. I like him. He gets one. He he gets a pass. He gets like but, a historic pass though, because I mean, like lately he's just chilling for build back bet i don't know he's not doing much mm. but no yeah yeah he gets a, a respect pass of like all right man you tried you can enjoy your your, your days in solitude <laughs> and rest your time <laughs> send him to the pasture <laughs> oh okay cool what are we doing next week 
Uh, next week, we're going to be covering the first Red Scare. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the 20s one? The one in the 20s? Yeah, around that time. Okay, good. I did it. <laughs> we'll go into detail time-wise and all that. Okay, cool. In our episode, just a little bit of history, a little discussion, that sort of thing. Hell yeah. There's lots to cover in it, so it'll be more of like a a survey of it and, mm, and okay. just kind of stop and ask questions as we go sort of thing all right time to make my big bowl of spaghetti nice enjoy it <laughs> all right see y'all next week well i won't because i'm recording a podcast and that's not a podcast work but you'll <laughs> hear me next week <laughs> all right bye bye Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.